leaders have a problem, not the not the millennial. The, the leaders, we had to change. We as leaders leading these folks, we had to figure things out differently. It, we put it on them, but that was a that was an error. It was really a weakness of the leaders in the, in the space. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. Hey, what's up, guys? Sean Black and FM Evolution. Welcome back to another show. Mm, Man, I'm excited to get 2020 done. We're almost there. We got like two more shows, I think, of the year. And that's it. Sayonara 2020. And on to bigger, better things in 2021. We're going to have a bunch of live events coming up in 2021. Some great trade organizations we're going to be visiting. And, uh, man, we're going to be breaking into, uh, I think, Facebook Live and LinkedIn Live. All kinds of amazing things happening, as well as some great guests next year. A bunch of CEOs and directors. But also, we're going to be having... a Real strong focus on education next year as well. So stay tuned for that. But on this episode of FM Evolution, we're talking about the top three ways to be persistent in your life. What makes you get things that you want? It's being persistent. How do you get there? Jim Robinson is on. We're going to be talking about that and more. Um, Now, Jim, for you guys who do not know, is a certified coach. He's a speaker, an author, and CEO of CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. And uh, we decided we're going to be talking about three types of people in life. You know, those who make it happen, those who watch things happen, and those who ask, what just happened? So we all have these guys on our team. You need to learn how to coach and mentor them and help them to the next level. So stay tuned. We're going to get a master class on leadership coming up next on FM Evolution. But before that, here's a word for our sponsors. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They are ready to be on site 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready and because they are a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326 or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. Welcome to FM Evolution. I'm your host, Sean Black, and we are very exciting. We're gearing up, finishing out the year strong. We had our leadership series back in full force with Jim Robinson today. Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Thank you for having me again. I, uh, I'm always glad to have you on the show. Bring a ton of experience. Of course, for those who don't know, Jim is a, a coach, a, a mentor, a, a speaker, and an author. Hey, I've been busy. I've been busy. <laughs> Give me something to do these first 55 years. That's it. 
ton of experience. So we like to have Jim on the show. Uh, and of course, uh, Jim is CEO of CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc., um, which brings a ton of the experience for the facility side. Today, we're talking about leadership, and uh, we're going to be talking about a uh, couple different things. Uh, one, there's two subjects I wanted to cover. Um, Jim, you had brought this up earlier. There's three types of people. <laughs> I love these lists. Yeah, I'd like to send these food for thought series. I got I stole that from uh, T.G. Jakes. It's good. Uh, minister has a lot to say. I was listening to him and uh, it, it kind of resonated. I love it. I love these type of top three lists. These are they're really cool. They stick with people. Top three uh, three types of people in life. One, those who make it happen, make things happen. Those who make things happen. Two those that watch things happen and three, those that ask what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've worked with them. We've probably been all three of those at some point. Yes. Um, yeah. And there's all kinds of examples you can give of that. I mean, getting a car wreck, somebody standing outside their car. What's the first thing? What just happened? What just happened? <laughs> yeah. So, Little do they know they were contributing in some fashion, uh, may have or may have not been contributing in some fashion, but uh, they definitely scratch their head. Hey, what just happened? So in, in career and family relationships, and it's there's no difference. It's, it resonated well with me. So as leaders, the reason I wanted to bring this up is uh, one of the things that you, wrote, you said is, on those three is, the first one is, one, you can live with it the way it is, or two, you can leave it and do nothing else for it. Or three is you can stay and contribute to the changing and growing of it and yourself. And one yeah. of you could kind of expand on those. Yeah. So first thing is, is that you can, uh, you can live with it, right? You can just say, that's great. You can have complacency. You can, you find them on the team. You, you know, you find them in different situations. Uh, you can live with it. It's okay. That's good enough. Let's move on. Let's not focus on us. Spend, spend much time there. Sometimes that's detrimental to the, the case or the cause. Other times it's a perfect scenario. It's like, just let it go. You don't need to sit there and focus on it. Let it go. Let's move on. Let's tackle bigger fish. The next one is, is uh, that uh, it was, you like it how it is, or you're going to leave it. And that's usually the cut and run people as I did kind of describe that is it gets a little bit too tough on them and the change is too rapid or not rapid enough. And they just like, peace out. I got to go. Yeah. So they, so they leave it. If they choose to contribute to it, now you got a way different game and you're really changing the dynamics of how a company functions and how the people in the company function. And if you have a, if you have an entire team of those folks right there, Wow. It's big, and you may experience it frequently or infrequently. If everybody's in unison, the power of that, the push on the company, how they grow and how they serve their clientele is is immense. So you want to continue to build on that piece that stick around. It's painful today. It won't be tomorrow. And then it will be tomorrow, but it won't be the next day. So it, it's really there's a growing through period. But you want to you want those people that are willing to stick around, change it, drive results around them for others, and then that makes each person grow individually. So something I thought we I would ask you is, uh, 
and you know, part of the coaching on this and, and really kind of helping people on the leadership portion of it is understanding that I, I believe that all teams at some point or another have all three types of people on the team. You know what I mean? And we, even like you said, ourselves, we have may, maybe have been all three types of people at one point. And so what in the world do you do as a leader and a coach to kind of help those people reach that next level? Well, I mean, you, for one of it is consistent engagement. So that they got to see the leaders consistently engaging and different growth levels. Uh, you kind of know in this uh, CGP's company and how we do things, we are pushing every single day to a level of discomfort. Complacency doesn't have a lot of space in our companies. We just, we don't like that to be there. The only time we want anybody to be very complacent is when they're at lunch or on recess. <laughs> <laughs> so Tell the roses, man. <laughs> you, can, you can go play on the merry-go-round. You can have your juice box. But when you sit back down at your desk, it's a different game. I want people growing and focused because that really tells me how well they're serving other people. Um, intentionality, right, is having that growth. What is that target? What's that growth? So be very intentional in that. You got to lead through that. We all still have the capabilities of being playing in all of the three areas. Mm. Uh, there, there's sometimes I can be in a meeting and I just say, okay, guys, we're done. I'm leaving. And I walk away from low-hanging fruit in some cases that uh, we could have spent three or four more hours and really capitalized and made a lot of shifts and changes. Uh, it may or may not be appropriate at the time. You have to judge that and make that decision. So sometimes you do have to say, okay, it's enough. Leave, walk away. Other times, if you have the uh, opportunity, then seize the moment, create the plan forward or that roadmap forward for all that additional growth that needs to happen. Um, but make mental note of it nevertheless, and then you'll be visiting that later at another day. So stay focused, stay the course. Complacency doesn't have a space except at lunch or recess. <laughs> Get your juice box out. Get your juice box out. So Go have funny. a have recess. Such a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I wonder, um, as we are kind of going in into, and we've talked about, different generations. And uh, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I want to kind of see what your opinion is from Gen X to Gen Y's to Gen Z's. Do you think there is a difference between the generations and the different types of, of people? Like, for example, do we have more uh, make it happen people in a gen generation X versus a Gen Z or what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on it. I have a lot of different opinions on different <laughs> things, but I, I can tell you like when we were writing recent core values and we came up with Mickey CGP, it was really the premise of Disney. Of course they love and they want to be loved. And that's really Mickey CGP as a core value. It's we want to love everybody unconditionally and we want that love in return. And if you spend time in that space, it doesn't matter what generation you're from. You really still need those basic values of love, somebody to care about you. You have different motives, different things that are all make you want to get things done, switching, changing, moving. Those are all part of the generations. Generation I, I think, is the recent one. Um, but they're all, they're all very different. And the Gen I's, I mean, they, there's more attention put on them. There's more pressure on them than even baby boomers. And I'm at that, by the way, those 
those years they put on those gen generational changes, it could be two or three years on either side of those lines because yeah. I say I'm relatable to the baby boomers, uh, even though I'm, I'm a uh, I'm a next level, which is the non baby boomer, right? They had the baby boomers and the non baby boomers, the one that only had one kid or 1.5 kid average, you know, so we dropped off the other side. We come from six and then we said, geez, I ain't going to have all these kids. That was chaos. And then we have one kid and then we got pissed off kids. And then the next generation said, okay, I'm going to have 2.5 kids. So generationally uh, it's, it's changing rapidly. It's changing today. I think that's really the juice in business is having the, the diversity of all of those generations. I did a piece this morning with a group and I kind of drew, I, I draw it in a horseshoe shape, but I put birth and death in that horseshoe and the deaths on the other side and the, and the top of it, we call the go-go or the, the multi, the multi success piece. And the, the top of that is where everybody needs to be involved. If you have a person that's Gen X or baby boomer only in a company, give me an example. If you had all baby boomers only running a business, it, it would be, it would be its demise. It wouldn't have enough diversity. There's creativity, but the analytics side may be missing on that. So um, there's pros and cons to all of us, every walk of life, every generation. So I would say add whatever you can. Don't be negative against any one of those generations. The the millennials, which is actually called, I think, Gen, uh, Gen, Gen, they Gen, Gen y? y. Gen Ys. And they, they are kind of, it almost became a negative to you know call them a millennial. Um, but I, I don't see it as a negative. I never have seen it as a, as a negative. I saw it as, uh, leaders have a problem, not the, not the millennial, the, the leaders we had to change. We, as leaders leading these folks, we had to figure things out differently. It, we put it on them, but that was a, that was an error. It was really a weakness of the leaders in the, in the space. You know, what I find it's interesting is I think the longer that you are in a business, and have been serving other people. I mean, for example, you, you know, CGP, you've been doing this 36 years almost. 36. That's 36. A long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting to kind of see the progression, you know, from where you, when you, you were 19 when you first started this to where you are now, I would just say probably vastly different. And, you know, just based on, and of course, you have your core characteristics of where you were. But, you know, stuff that I hear today, like, you know, we got to love everyone the same. I don't think a lot of business owners start off like that. They don't look at their team like, you know, a family first environment, like they're part of a family. Yeah, I would. I suspect even back when I started things, it 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 wasn't that feel. Um, it was really about one what I did well, my giftedness or my genius that I that I was really gifted with was being able to share that, but it was for self-serving purposes. It was, I did all of those things. I, I did the trade, I did the, the billing, I did the scheduling. I did all of that stuff myself. It was a very uh, self-centric uh, way of doing things until I figured out after three or four years of trying to get it right. Uh, I, it clicked for me because by then I'd served several people either on my team or as clients. And to this day, we still have our first, very first client. They're still in the game. So we figured out how to serve after two or three years. We, I figured out 
that the reason all of us are really here is we've got to spend time and effort and serve other people. When you do that, it pushes you up beyond your wildest dreams. And the better you serve is the higher you get and in societal standards, but you've really got to serve people on the team and the client, but serve the team. That's, that's the big win. Yeah. You know, and learning those lessons and when you really, when you talk to someone and they get that, it's like magic, man. You're like, okay, this, this person understands like that's, that's what, that's what we're here to do. At this point I've, I've coached, mentored, employed, probably in well into the thousands at least and um, probably well beyond that quite frankly it's been 36 years in business and a lot of people have, have have touched my life and I always say when I teach is when I learn the most and it's really an opportunity and that's why I say the diversity and the generations on the team is big because I'm learning so much I, I feel youthful in my mind and staying current in their terminology, how they articulate, what they feel, their emotions. I like to connect to those things so I can fit with them and be able to serve their needs as well. Otherwise, I'm just a a boomer trying to figure out how to not boom. (laughs) Okay, boomer. Boomer. (laughs) That terminology cracks me up. Yeah. You know, that, that takes a very persistent approach to things. Which brings me straight into my next subject. <laughs> awesome. Let's do it. Which is being very persistent. Now, you gave us, um, you know, a piece by Calvin Coolidge the other day, and I thought it was brilliant. And it said, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing's more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are the omnipotent. (laughs) Yeah, omnipotent. Omnipotent. That's a good one. And the slogan is press on has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. Yeah. Press on, man. Yeah, so press on. So Calvin Coolidge, uh, if you follow presidencies at all, he I believe he was number 30. Um, brilliant guy, probably not, you know, highly recognized like Abraham or Washington or or Trump or even wasn't he one of the highest uh IQs of the presidents? One of them. I I, I don't recall exactly. I just remember so. reading some of his bio and that catchphrase kind of caught me because on. even today it's it's even more you know prevalent that they we have a lot of highly educated people that um, you know bachelor's degrees and and they're cooking burgers yeah um, and there's no disrespect to the burger cooker because I cook a mean burger by the way it's <laughs> no disrespect to you know level of play the disrespect is really. Uh, an opinion towards the education process that we're really highly educated. Some are highly educated, but lack knowledge. And the, you have to use both components. One could be construed as strategy de- design, right? Education is creating stra- strategies based on historical values or content, whereas wisdom is teaching you drive and effort and focus. And the press on piece, Calvin Coolidge and how he defined all of those different walks of life. He says, you know, the highly educated derelicts walking around. 
Yeah. And true. You, we've all come across, you know, I work with homeless folks. I'm a chairman of a board for a homeless facility. And I can tell you some of these folks come in that have been living under a bridge or a car. And it's not that they're not without education. It's there's decision-making involved in this and, and discipline, um, being persistent making bad decisions for some of those folks and they spiral down, spiral down and they got education. So it isn't education. That's not the driver in that. Persistence in, in a positive way, right? If you believe how we're born, right? We all have some evil inside of us. We suppress the evil, enhance the good. That's mom, dad, grandma, but you know, all those grandparents, those cousins that had all that cool, exciting stuff that was very positive. It built us up, made us, made us good. And we suppressed those little negative thoughts that we have as children. So when you stole the piece of gum out of Walgreens or a penny store at the corner, I can call them <laughs> penny stores, by the way. Uh, when you stole that piece of candy, right? That was the evil in you coming out. And how'd you suppress that? Well, fear, conscious, those suppress the negatives. And then you're like, I'm never doing that again. And yes, I did steal a piece of chocolate one time. But, uh, and I got other complicated stories that I won't go into today. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, you got to suppress those things. And the way you do that is persistence and good behaviors. Some of that stuff is developing or uh, focusing a time, being very specific on what your disciplines may be. Uh, creating habits around those. Uh, anybody that knows me in any of the offices I sit in in the morning, know I eat three boiled egg whites. I've done that for 20 years. It's consistently, it's a habit. It's so I don't have to think about breakfast. Here's what I have. This is what I do. It's I'm using it for a fuel, not as entertainment. Most few food things are done as entertainment. Uh, so I'm very methodical in those things. How I go on a two or three mile walk every morning. Uh, as of recent, these last few months, I've been riding a Peloton. It's being habitual in those things, being consistent in that and why you're doing them. That's, that's, uh, that's creates your persistence. It'll create your drive later. So those uh, persistent, uh, habitual habits, disciplines, um, it will have an effect everywhere. So how you do anything is how you do everything. There's an old phrase, Jim mm-hmm. Rohn, I think coined that phrase originally. But there's no different in all those other little small habits that you can just make them habitual and it will trickle over into other other areas. Knowing your why, as you know, Simon Sinek talks about, or your purpose, uh, what's your motivation behind what you're doing, staying focused, spending. For me, I meditate and I pray in the mornings, and that gives me a very specific focus on what the intentionality, the purpose behind what I'm doing. I add clarity to that. And I do that every single morning so I know I'm going to get through my day. So those things help create persistence in other, other pieces of your life. InTouch delivers energy management systems for multi-site businesses. Using our fit of purpose suite of devices, we provide powerful analytics so you have visibility and control across all locations from one simple app. InTouch is the leader in multi-site smart building automation, improving our planet and improving your profits one building at a time. So we're going to give a top three list, which I'd love to do. We say number one is creating good habits or, or habitual habits to create persistence in your life. We won. You agree? Is, that? That, hold on. That was a question. Yeah, I know yeah. you're making a statement. No, well, it's kind of a 
quiz question statement. <laughs> so you had said, so I'm going to say, hey, we're going to give them three top takeaways from to be persistent. One would be to what? Create routines. Uh, yeah, create rituals. Rituals. Okay. Spelled like rich, um, but because they do, they will have an impact on you financially. So yeah, create rituals, habitual things that you don't have to think about. They become your normal habit. Oddly enough, you need to shift those habits. It was like I just mentioned that from my two to three mile walk. Occasionally, I'll do that two to three miles, sometimes a little more. And then I'll ride the Peloton now. So that's a shift in my habits. Mm. Uh, the other day, I only rode Peloton. And I didn't do the long walk. Uh, so there's a shift in habits. It's hard. It's really, really difficult for me to not do a three-mile walk because that is very prevalent. That's a standard for me. It's a habit. And for me to break that pattern, if you get a little deeper into the psychology side, we know 21 repetitive times will shift a behavior but it'll backdraft it'll fill back in so if you don't keep filling it with that new habit you'll lose but yeah create habits on so all habits or rituals yeah Two, you'd say know your why know your why or your purpose you know simon sinek made that a big deal uh he he, he made a big talk on that did a ted talk and it yeah, catapulted him into stardom because it was like that big wow factor and the reality is is that it came from henry ford uh, was later written, you know, in Think and Grow Rich. Biblically, it's been written for a very long time. So it's been ongoing and ongoing and ongoing. So you got to figure out why you need something. Um, it's not just knowing your own why, but it's your why for everything you're trying to accomplish. And that's reflection time. And for me, it's in the mornings. But what do you want? And then what's the purpose behind that? If you say you need a new car, right? If you don't define the reasons behind that, it's going to be limited. Probably not going to get the car. If you get a compelling enough reason, the purpose behind getting a new car, you can add justification to that in some way. You can justify it. Boom, you get a new car. So add the purpose or the why behind each individual task, not just your big motherboard, because that gets confusing for most people. Most people die at you know 105 years old and never figured out their why, why did they live here? So try to try to figure that out, but do it on task. Uh, figure out the reasoning behind what you're going for. That would be your number two. I'd say make sure you have a why or a purpose behind each thing you're challenged with. And if we had number three, what do you think it would be? Um for me, one is connection. People, I'm a, I'm a people person. I love to engage and I always talk about teaching because it, I get to grow when I teach. Uh, I just came back from uh, Ramsey Solutions, Entree Leadership, Nashville, Franklin, I was going to ask you how that was. It was, like, it was good. You liked it. Uh, it's, it's always a great time because those are all entrepreneurs, um, entrepreneur, leaders, creative-minded, analytical-minded, that's kind of all walks of life. That was an outstanding opportunity. Um, but I, it grows me every time I go to one of these events. It's becoming to where I'm the oldest guy in the room now. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm like the grandfather sitting in there, not not quite that old. But there, there's a couple maybe close to my age. Uh, for the most part, it's the, it's the youth up and coming. So it's inspirational to me because I get a different perspective on things. I can take my 55-year-old concept and bring it everywhere. But to hear the youthful side of things that are just starting out, they're creative and where they're going, their motivations behind what they're doing, 
It's inspirational, and I learn from that every single time. So I'll keep doing that. So education is a big deal. So education is good. If I had interpreted also what you said as number three, it may be creating a social contract, as in when you're connecting people, let them know what your goal is so they can, again, socially hold you to it. That'll keep you persistent. Yeah, it's important for the for the people, people, persons need to, you know, define. I always say put an ROI on everything. What's the return on your investment? Is it an investment of time, money, talent, gifts? What are, what are you investing? And what are you wanting in return? Because anytime you talk to somebody, there's an expectation. If you're clear in those expectations, then it will be received well. And the benefit or the perk or the the return on that is great. So if you say, I'm going to go to have a meeting with, you know, Johnny or Mary, Susie, whatever that is, what, what, what is your return you're asking for? Is it love? Is it connection? Is it, is it making a contract? Is it a discount? Is it, you know, being really, really clear in that connection, but connecting to people, there's some juice in that. You really got to spend time and effort, and you know, if you're an introvert, you got to come out, come out of the uh, out of the shed there and say, "Geez, <laughs> there's a there's another way to do this." Go get your juice box. That's what get I'm your telling juice you. Juice box. Go on recess. Well, I will add a fourth bonus, and that that is to me is what I personally have learned to be persistent is through uh, learning through example. And so I see you consistently be very persistent in, you know, at most things you do, almost everything you do, very persistent, consistent, methodical way of going about it. And I know that's a focus for you and that rubs off. And so for me, that would be my bonus is through example. Really, if you want your team to be persistent, be persistent yourself. Yeah, be that example. Be that example. Uh, this morning, I was, I had a meeting and I given a talk, and I I know I have the occasion to uh, frustrate people. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, and I can apologize later, but in a moment, it, it's important. Yeah, and I had a bunch of managers around this morning, and I was just talking about it. Uh, are you worried about your feelings and their feelings? Are you or are you more concerned about growth? Because you really need to define that at some point. Yes, you can have feelings. Yes, you can be connected. Yes, you can have Mickey CGP. You want to share love and you want to be loved. But decision-making sometimes offends and hurts feelings. And you just have to be able to understand that that's really, it's a limited thing. And as I explained that this morning, it was, um, I think it, it probably resonated well because I know people, the people person, right? The guy that, or the gal that really wants to just love everyone and be loved by you. They sometimes forget that. Uh, and they will not make decisions because they think it will offend. You really need to go back to the purpose of the decision, right? Make that decision, even though it's going to hurt a feeling in the moment, that feeling will pass if growth is the target. So as a leader, as a manager in a company, Spend time, understand that you may hurt feelings. Don't let that stop you and connect to the people to make sure they're okay on the other side because it will change you as the leader and it will change the person whose feelings just got hurt. That was my message this morning. It seemed to resonate, but it, it's really important to understand that. In a leadership role, you're going to hurt people's feelings along that journey. Uh, it's for the betterment of the individual and for the betterment to serve the client. So be prepared to deal with that uh, sadness, despair, 
anger, frustration, um, because it's not going away. It'll, it'll happen. And it may be on a daily basis in some cases, but, uh, it's not the intent. The intent is the change. That's where the focus is. I always say focus on the, on the, uh, on the issue, not the individual. The individual gets their feelings hurt, but the task will actually get accomplished in the movement. The change will, will be successful. So take the uh, centric focus away, make it ethno, change how you see it. Great advice. Well, we are, I want to try to fit one more of these leadership series in before the end of the year. We have nine days, nine working days left in this year. As when this airs this week, on Friday, um, well, well there's 31, there's 31 days. It's December 15th. Uh-huh. That constitutes 16 potential work days. Well, if you work on Christmas Eve at Christmas and, hey. and New Year's. Listen, Jesus, uh, his birthday, <laughs> it was worthy for working. Love it, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to have you back. Uh, I always learn so much uh, from you. So thank you for sharing uh, your experience and the listeners appreciate it. Everyone learns when we get you on. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. I, I love to share and I love the opportunity to learn. Uh, if somebody wants to contact me, you can reach me through this podcast, but, uh, reach out and, uh, books coming soon. War of art is the book of the month or the book of this week. I'm reading this right now. Um, but, uh, so I just started it on Monday. What's it called? Uh, war of Art. War of Art. Yeah. Not Art it's of War? A, what? What's it called? Art of War or War of Art? No, no, no. no. It's War of Art. Um, so it's a, it's a good take on leadership skills. It's, it's a, how you can be attacked in, in, in an artful way and in, in your true genius. But nice. uh, so I just started it yesterday. So. Got a little ways to go. I'll update on the next podcast, though, and I'll tell you what the take is on that. All right. Well, and download it so I can keep up with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough, tough challenge. Let me tell you that. Yeah. All right, guys. Read. For everyone who is listening out there, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you're on iTunes or any of the other podcast platforms, be sure to uh, subscribe, but also leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, we'll see you on the next FM Evolution. Jim, thank you so much, sir. Thanks for having me. See you soon, guys. <laughs>